Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 133. I am your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me, we have a very different-looking Talis Marvelous. What's going on, buddy? Hey! Yeah, Talis is now a bun-e girl. Uh... What? Am I wrong? Did you know that if you... Try to give me physical attacks. It doesn't work. You have to hit me with magic. You can find me at OnlyFans. Julianne. Oh. Take your upvote and go. <laughs> I was also looking. hi, Sarah. <laughs> hi. We also have Sarah. Sarah, what's going on? Kind of got a medieval Jesse thing going on over there. Uh, yeah, this is completely coincidental. I just found a dragoon look that I like. I like myself fully clothed and actually able to deal with getting hit by weapons. Psh. Weird, right? Totally, especially in a, in a video game. Psh. Come on. I know. What was I thinking? And we have a dirty dwarf. I mean, Chili. Chili is joining us this week. How's it going, buddy? I'm not bad, thank you. We're glad Good to have you week. on. We're glad to have you on. At least someone is clothing themselves properly and not like a hussy. Yeah. Thank you, Chili. No worries, I don't want to take my helmet off. That'd be so day. Exactly. Absolutely. Showing your face and your hair to people who aren't part of your clan. Yeah, so lewd. Chili is a dwarf in real life now, too. <laughs> I'm slowly getting that beard. So. And nice. yes, be just because of the logistics of it, um, because this week, um, if you're joining us live at twitch.tv slash Radio, we are in the midst of Extra Life Game Day. As you can see up in the corner of the screen, we are uh, 12 and a half hours into a 24-hour stream. Man, and one week different, and it would have been a 25 again. Yeah. So what about that? I was like, hey, is it Extra Life this weekend? Oh, it's next weekend. Okay. Yeah, they didn't want to have it on Halloween, which makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Valid. And no, it would have been really bad this year in a way if it... if it Because um, this would have been... People at uh, watch get FanFest. Yeah, this right we, now. This would have been. Um, we would have been podcasting from FanFest if, if uh, yeah, you know, a certain uh, crown virus hadn't been uh, going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I miss visiting America. Oh, I wish I was there. Yeah, because it sounds like you're just as bad off as we are, though. Uh, yeah, it's it's just all downhill from here. Here. Yeah. Well, that's all I'm saying. There, though I suppose we can talk about it. This is also a very big week when it comes to real life world news. Um, the U.S. just completed uh, their presidential elections, and after a lot of vote counting, we do have a new president. So that's pretty cool. Technically, he's a president elect for another two months. Yeah, it doesn't well, go to power until okay. January twentieth, right? We will yep. have a new president. Yes. How's that? Yes. Yes, the t but yeah, president-elect is the usual term. Also, everyone's been, like, just riding such an adrenaline high of feelings that we're all just kind of exhausted now. It's been quite a week. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, I am going to sleep so much after this. Not yeah. me, because I've got another uh, 11 and a half hours to go. 
Okay, but after that. Well, then I'll just crash just on pure exhaustion. Exactly. You're going to sleep a lot too. <laughs> we'll Exhausting pleasure. We'll see. Anyway, um, getting back to the extra life thing, we kind of glazed over that whole thing. Um, as of right now, we are currently at $570 of our $1,000 goal. So we're over halfway there. And as and as of today, we have raised 185 so far. Nice. Always nice to see the support uh, for the children's hospitals. Yep. So I, I want to throw shout outs um, to uh, uh, was it? Lord Arlo, um, Nick Nar, and Aurori, and Kupo Mithril for, for their donations today really really does help out a lot and we do really appreciate it uh, it was kind of funny because this morning when I uh, put in a, another donation um, I just put in $25 because that's kind of the amount that I do and it just happened to put us at 420 <laughs> <laughs> ah blaze it <laughs> it was just I just laugh I laughed when I saw that I'm like oh my god did I really just do that but yeah perfect amount yeah, we're um, $65 away then from being able to get that little light board. They just announced, um, I believe on Thursday, that if you raise $250 between um, Friday and, you know, the 6th and the 23rd of this month, uh, you'll get a little light up, like, cinema board that you can put little That's letters cool. on. And I want to get that and put it on there. Uh, so a permanent reminder that Nicknar sucks. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out something really cool to do with it. I think it'll be nice to have. But we did get our silver medal now. So we're at sil silver medal level. So but if we can get that thousand dollars, we'll get another gold medal. That's kind of what I'm shooting for. And Sarah's, nice. Sarah's shooting for that fifteen hundred dollars. So I have to sing uh, uh, the opening theme to Final Fantasy uh, X-2. What can he do for you? <laughs> Help us raise $930? That's what you exactly. can do. Is that the same goal you've had every year for a while now? Yeah, since uh, we last... Uh, yeah, it was last year and this year. And I'll keep doing it until we hit it. <laughs> Come on, we gotta do it. And we can't we hear you right now, else. as Nick Nott said. Uh, no, not happening. Oh man, I, I kind of want to get him to like do a recording with himself, like those ones where someone's recording several tracks overlayered on themselves, and have him sing like the Type Zero music or something. I I already did something like that when I did Maintenance Monday. Yeah, but that isn't like awe-inspiring, making you cry at the horrors of war enough. Though I guess we're not talking about Bowser quite yet. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead. We got a little bit more show news. Um, we also gave away the uh, the three mounts from our contests that we had. Oh, God. What was that? Three years ago? I mean, it sure seems like it, but no. Yeah. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. I mean, April was also like six months long. In like fairness. You could say that our contest happened two weeks from now, and I would believe you. <laughs> That's kind of how time works right now, I guess, huh? Or it doesn't work. Um, 
But yes, from our anniversary stream, uh, we had uh, said that if you send us your memories, and we'll read them, and uh, we'll pick our favorites. Well, we got our, our favorites, and uh, congratulations to, uh, we're gonna just, I'm just going to call you Shake, because it's Master Shake backwards. Uh, you took home the Fat Cat, Koopal Mithril uh, chose the SDS Fenrir, and then Hidasan got the red hair. So I'm glad you guys all enjoyed your new mounts, and we thank you so much for your support and for writing in, and uh, we hope you guys uh, continue to enjoy the show. So thank you very much. It was nice to read what you guys had to say. Mm -hmm. So what have you guys been up to, I guess? We haven't really talked about that, other than we, we talked about, you know... Some um, real life stuff, and we talked about uh, some extra life. I made stuff. a whole bunch of augmented dragon sung tools and a couple uh, sky sung tools. Why would you do something silly like that? Because I'm gonna do the armager, except with crafting tools. You are the uh, chosen I'm one. Like I I'm pretty sure I told you about this. There was a manifesto. <laughs> the manifesto wasn't really required, but I did what anyways. Sounds like you. And I'm just going to go ahead and silently mute him. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Who knows what weird shit I'm going to say. Oh, uh, no, I mean, I Sarah, guess I'm back. You can, I got weird shit handled. You can you can go back to being you. Hey, hey, there's several varieties of weird shit. That's valid. In, 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 You're with, valid. With this year, Sarah is the new weird shit, apparently. Or Sarah's weird shit is the new normal. Oh god, I hope not. That's like worrisome <laughs> for the future. Also, that kind of feels like it means I'd have to find something even weirder. Like, I'd have to start upping the ante. How's that gonna work? I don't know, but that's a you problem. I'm just yeah, gonna that's watch. Fair. That's fair. Anyway, so you, you did a bunch of crafting and gathering tools. Yep. Uh, also did a bit of Bozja, got a few levels on various things. My leveling at this point is really uh, based around, okay, I want to get all the stuff that uses the same gear up a few levels so that I can permanently get rid of the old armor. That's fair. Oh man, I have like 200 open spaces between my inventory and my retainers. It's nice, isn't it? It's a yeah. good feeling. So good. Give me another week and I think I can clear another 50. I think my monk is at 75. As soon as it hits 80, it can share gear with the samurai that's been at 80 forever and clear up a bunch of space too that's my to-do list nice such a good feeling when that happens yep i just hit 80 on my uh dark knight here and uh so that's my last tank to 80 they're all sharing gear now nice plus i love the fact that you can assign a glamour to a specific um job um or gear set yep yeah so now all my tanks can have different looks while wearing the same gear yeah, that's pretty cool. It's it really, really nice. It doesn't play quite as nicely if you're changing jobs in a place where glamour, glamour plates can't be applied, but given the system we had, like, this is about the best we could have hoped for, and I'm still pretty satisfied I mean, at least at that it. point, the worst case is you're just going to have the wrong glamour. Uh, oh, no. I mean, that's pretty I bad. want you to go back and listen to the sentence you just said, and then record it <laughs> more. Um, yeah. di we did just record it, so I'll go back and listen to it after the podcast. There we go. I hope you'll understand the error of your ways soon enough. And, Anyways. And the rest of the podcast would just be him screaming. <laughs> <sighs> Chili, what have you been up to? 
Uh, I've been raiding on Aether with the uh, She Heals I Tank raid group with Vegan Pete, and Arby's going to raiding again in the last few months. It's been pretty good. Uh, That's cool. So, from what I understand, you all you have a new guy too, don't you? Uh, yeah, from, we've an, got from a another couple podcast of people right now. Ah, oh, you're talking about um, Sound Bites, the snack based sound podcast. No, with no, me no. And Flask. Your, your raid group. Your raid group has a, a, a new person from another podcast. It does? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I've, because I, I, you ever listen to Wondrous Tales? Oh, yeah. Uh, Pan? Oh, yeah, Pan, duh. Yeah, Pan is. is wow. Uh, <laughs> How you doing there, hard? buddy? Uh, see, I think I, all, because I can never remember Pan's name. I'm sorry, because he's just joined. I, as I've, I've told anyone, I, I'm rubbish with names. Mm-hmm. So I only remember him and because his, his girlfriend joined our raid group as yep. well. So it's Kitty and Panties. So wait, what? Look, his name, his name is Panta, and his his girlfriend's character is called Kitty. So I think of him as Panties because that's the only name I can think of. Chip, if you if you're listening to this and you hear this, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I I've feel him. like I should just not touch <laughs> this one any further. Uh, Unless he really wants you to, uh, then then continue to touch it. But I mean, that's a uh, uh, question. We are 14 yeah. minutes into a show and already getting into After Dark. Excellent. I mean, it's 2 a.m. here. This taking me about the after morning. And I mean, <laughs> West Coast, 6.44 p.m. and the sun <laughs> has set fully and thoroughly. It is dark out. Valid. Well, in yeah. fairness, it also set like at 4 p.m. Exactly. Phoenix down after dark starts earlier and earlier. It's the only way we're going to get through this long, cold, hard winter. (laughs) Very hard winter. (laughs) God damn it. Were you going for Careless Whisper? Just like, no, I was going for all the entire board. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. When that's what happens when you can never remember what uh, I need to label those things. I don't know. I was going to say. If you'd like to donate to Phoenix Sound Radio so that Klaus can buy a label maker, let us know at Podcast Sound <laughs> Radio. Please. We accept Amazon gift cards. For an extra $20 donation, I will make all the labels slightly incorrect. <laughs> like, wrong vowels. It's like misspell one word on each label. Maybe swap a couple labels just for the fun of it. No, see, swapping them is boring. They just have to be wrong. Just to be an awful person. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of ground we can cover here. Valid. So anyway, yeah, been raiding. (laughs) Uh, I've been doing my Unreal Trials every week, hoping that I can get the mount. Well, at least least somebody in this game has been, you know, or has been actually playing the game. And I've been doing Boja like a madman. So I'm ranked 15 and I've cleared Boja... Almost 12 times. The reason why I say almost is because the 12th time, we ran out of time at 3% on the final boss. That dicks. So I I still almost count that as a clear, because we would have killed it if it wasn't for a little bit of time. Yeah, I've been playing just a little bit. Um, Hit rank 10 today in Boja, so I unlocked the Castrum. Um, But like I said, I hit rank, or hit level 80. Um, started working on Black Mage again. I need to get um, Astro up. Astro's at 57, Black Mage is at 70, and that's the last two jobs I have to get to 80. Dude. Well, 70 to 71 takes no time. 
Uh oh, it's crazy how fast you can get. I did. I think I did a MSQ, a trials, and something else. And I was basically. I, I went to seventy one already. Yeah, I did MSQ I and, and three Beastman dailies, and I'm yeah. probably about eighty five percent of uh, yeah level seventy now. Yeah, it, it, it's fast. Like I said, I'll, it'll get up there. I'll use my my MSQ. I just wanted to try and get my level fifty rotation down on Black Mage. Yeah. Being I, I I didn't really get up to that the normal way. Look at how far you've come. Yeah, by buying a book. <laughs> you know what? I'll <laughs> take it at this point. I mean, that's what... yes, I have the earring from Boja. Ooh, nice. Not that we can cool. see uh, because you're wearing a giant bucket on your head. Hey, not hey. On this character. And I'm not showing you my face, but not on this character. No, on my other character. <laughs> really, Klaus? The... Yeah. It is. Rory says my paladin is. She said her their paladin is level seventy eight. Yep, or working on her paladin, so that's awesome. She, and I Sorry. know how much she does not like tanking. She's only doing it so she can get the Amaro. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, oh, as the am I. We do for our own setup. Exactly. I mean, don't you want to have your story like that too? Mm, I mean, maybe not a uh, that exact one. It would feel derivative. But if you're tanking in Boja. Uh, especially if you're going into the Castrum, there I would if you could get an item called uh, the Bloodsucker. There's the normal Bloodsucker, and then there's the deep, um, the deep version, which is here yeah, the high, basically a high quality version. It's the higher level. I would suggest using that on the. You can only use it on tanks, and I would suggest using it because the normal one gives you forty percent, and the high quality gives you forty eight percent of all damage you deal uh, recovers your HP by 48, 40 and forty eight percent. So. Oh. Damn. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. usually been going to tanks, so yeah, I kind of want one of those now. And yeah, the- but using it as warrior, so it stacks with your like your healing attack already, so it's really good. That would be awesome. That would be so much healing. And that's one of those lost yeah. item thingies. So essence yeah. of the bloodsucker and deep essence of the bloodsucker. So, yeah, so yeah, those yeah. Uh, lost action things. And they last until you leave or use another one, so very similar. Do you happen to know what types of enemies one wants to, or what area one wants to farm them from? I know the deep is from Castrum. Um, I can't remember where the other one is from, I'm sorry. Alright, no worries, I'll look that up. I'm sure just Google knowing that, Yeah, just knowing about it is a big difference. Exactly. Alright, so if you guys don't mind, let's go ahead and jump into some game and community news. Absolutely. There was a big drop of Final Fantasy 16 information, at least in the form of a new website last week. Did you guys end up checking that site out? Is that the 16 one? Yep. Yeah. Looked at it a bit and then was like, huh, I'm speculating words. Oh, God, I'm never going to get anything done again. Close website. Mm hmm. No, what was nice about it, you know, initially it said there wasn't going to be much more information given until next year. However, they decided to drop some lore bombs on us and give us some information about the world that they live in. I can see hear people spinning up their OCs already. (laughs) So uh, apparently this is taking place in Valisthea, a land blessed in the light of the Mother Crystals. Um, the land of Valisthea, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, is studded with mother crystals, glittering mountains of crystal that tower over the realms around them, blessing them with aether. For generations, people have flocked to these beacons to take advantage of their blessing, using the aether to conjure magics that let them live lives of comfort and plenty. 
Great powers have grown up around each mother crystal, and an uneasy peace has long reigned between them. Yet now the peace falters as the spread of the blight threatens to destroy their dominions. Got some interesting elements going on in there already, like having the uh, mother crystals as centers of political city-states or just political states in general. One wonders if there's uh, whether these uh, differing nations, uh, entities, whatever, whether they're in conflict, whether they enjoy friendly relations, tension. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop that. Yeah, I mean, I saw that in Final Fantasy IV as well. Like, each kingdom had a crystal, and that was why mm -hmm. Cecil was running around stealing them. Mm -hmm. But it's like, they had yeah. really powerful kingdoms had them, and then the, like, smaller areas just sort of didn't. Right. You also had Fantasy fifteen slash versus 13, where I remember the plot was uh, most of the Towns were like powered by crystals, but the there was only like one left, and that's the whole story of Versus Thirteen originally was the yeah. fact that there was the last, it was the last crystal, and then uh, I want to say uh, Type Zero crystal also Chronicles. was very similar. Say again, yeah. Type Zero was based off of that too. Each of the the, the countries yeah. had their own crystals and uh, um, summons and they that they would that powered them. And full-on military conflict on that. Yes. Crystal Chronicles also had uh, the crystals as the centers of towns because they created the shields that kept the miasma at bay. And yeah. you, in fact, at a couple points, explored ruined towns that had once had crystals that had lost their power. So yeah, we're seeing some familiar themes here, though, as usual, it seems like they're exploring a different aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But very interesting. And they, talk, then they end up talking about the icons and their dominance. Um, icons in, in, in Final Fantasy 16 are the most powerful and deadly creatures in Valisthea. Each resides within a dominant, a single man or a woman who is blessed with the ability to call upon their dread power. In some nations, these dominants are treated as royalty in admiration of this strength. In others, they are bound in fear of it and forced to serve as weapons of war. Those who are born as dominants cannot escape their fate, however cruel it may be. So, I mean, that kind of reminds me of, you know, very Naruto. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, was, yeah. I was trying to do the theme there, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I picked it up after it was like, yeah, that's where I was going with it. It's like, okay, gotcha. Um, very much like the, the Jin Churiki, um, or, you know, the, uh, the, the tailed beasts. In this case, it's uh, summons, so to speak. Yeah. And I mean, given that you those were still, yeah, mm -hmm. they could be summoned in Naruto as well. Remember, technically, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, given that Yoshi P is working as the is it director or producer? I always mix them. Producer, up. producer, it's producer. But given that, and that we're seeing some of the terms that we've seen before in FF14, though again with somewhat different interpretations on them. Well, Icon came well, from uh, um, it was in uh, another games too. Four? Was it six? Uh, six was Esper's, okay. and the original okay. thing was Phantom Beast. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because it was it was ESP or wasn't it actually? Or es yeah. Then it ended up being Esper. Yep. Because Woolsey was doing the best he could with his character limitations. Phantom Beast was never going to fit into that box. Gotcha. Um, and then they talk about the different realms. I don't know if do we want to get into the, the depths and we'll just go over what they, their names are. Uh, the Grand Duchy of Rosaria. Uh, Which we've seen something like that in, I want to say, Final Fantasy Tactics. 
Yes. It was a there's well, okay, tactics. There's a lot of duchies, but yeah, it's just the idea yeah. of small groups yeah. gathering. Yeah. And specifically Rosaria, I think, or it might have been Rosalia, but Rosalia. there was a very similar name used. Well, I mean, basically, that, I, that I, would be the same name, I would think. For the most I was going to yeah. say, I pretend R's and L's are the same for everything Final Fantasy, because let's I be wasn't real. quite sure. I wasn't quite sure how appropriate it was to bring that up, but I guess it is not inappropriate to just bring up that this phoning doesn't exist, and so romanization can be tricky. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just go ahead and, and, and read them, because it does Here. actually play oh. into it. I want to do some reading then. Fine. I'm doing this. Long ago, a group of small independent provinces in western Valisteia found strength in unity and formed the Grand Duchy of Rosaria. After years of relative prosperity, the duchy now finds itself threatened by the spread of the blight, a threat that, left unchecked, would doubtless usher the realm to ruin. Rosaria draws its ether from Drake's Breath, a mother crystal situated on a volcanic island off the coast. The dominant of the phoenix, Icon of Fire, is enthroned as Archduke when they come as come of age. The fact that the Mother Crystals have names, and there is actually a theme to them, is also kind of interesting. We've got the Holy Empire of Sandbrek. I'm going to go with Sandbrek until we actually hear pronunciation. Sandbrek is the largest theocratic force in Valisteia. The Empire's holy capital, Oriflam, is built around Drake's head, the mother crystal that blesses the surrounding provinces with abundant ether. The people happily take advantage of this, living in comfort and security under the watchful gaze of the holy emperor, whom they uh, worship as the living incarnation of the one true deity. The dominant of, and it looks like the uh, word got clipped out here. Yeah, it was a direct copy-paste, so that's what's weird. So there's actually, if you look, there's uh, two of them have been blanked out, probably for storyline oh, spoiler purposes. That's, Excellent. That's, that's a good point. So an as-yet-unknown dominant serves as the Empire's champion, taking to the field in times of war to rout its enemies. Then we have the Kingdom of Walloed. Walloed? Yeah, I'm going to go with Walloed. Walloed well, claims... Huh? I wouldn't say Walloed. Wallowed. Yeah. Wallowed. Uh, whatever it is, claims the entirety of Ash, the eastern half of Valstea, as its dominion. The kingdom's control of the continent has often been tested by the orcs and other beastmen who make their home there. But the current ruler of the realm, dominant of... Uh, has succeeded in quelling their rebellions. Using the power of the kingdom's mother crystal, Drake's spine, this new king has built up a mighty army with which he now seeks to test the borders of his neighbors. Mm. Uh, we know from the trailer that Phoenix seems to be a thing that would be on ours, so now we're seeing possibly a number of those ones, a, a holy empire, a more barbaric of uh, wild savage ones that spends a lot of his time fighting against the Beastmen. We've got the Dalmechian Republic, made up of five states from which the members of its ruling parliament are drawn. Its mother crystal, Drake's Fang is half hidden in the heart of a mountain range. The Republic's control over it and its ether, securing the obedience of the large part of Southern Valstea. The dominant of Titan, Icon of Earth, is installed as a special advisor to Parliament and has a significant say in its decision making. Having this one be, again, it's a Parliament, you have it where the, do uh, the dominant is an advisor, this one seems a little civilized which is a little unexpected given that titan again usually you're going for like that whole savage earth 
anger of the land kind yeah. of thing. So a little bit of an unexpected contrast there. We've got and then the, we get to the Iron Kingdom, who treats things very differently. Yeah. All I'm thinking is Titan is in there, and the coin just line, landslides you out of the arena when you when you do it wrong. It's like, <laughs> all right, your time's up. Next speaker. Now, the Iron Kingdom is a small group of islands off the coast of Storm, the western half of Valstea's twin realms. Here, the crystalline orthodox, an extreme faith that worships crystals, reigns supreme. The Iron Kingdom controls Drake's Breath, the mother crystal that sits at the heart of one of their islands, long a source of contention with neighboring Rosaria. Isolated and aloof from the mainland nations, the Ironblood speak their own language. Orthodox doctrine judges dominance to be unholy abominations, and any unlucky enough to be born on the islands are executed. Wow. So yeah, definitely seeing some potential sources of conflict there. And then we and then finally we are introduced to the Crystalline Dominion, sits at the heart of Valstea, built around the tallest of all the mother crystals, Drake's Tail. Many bloody battles were fought for control of this small plot of land due to its strategic importance, till the warring realms finally agreed to an armistice. As part of the peace treaty, the islands around Drake's Tail became an autonomous dominion led by a council of representatives from the surrounding nations. Each realm enjoying equal claim to the Mother Crystal's blessing. No dominant makes their home there. So it's kind of so, a... Uh, what's the word I want here? Um, I mean, Juno came to mind from FF11. It's just like, hey, here's this kind of like city that's not really part of any of the nations, kind of like a... No, kind of, but not really because Juno had its own uh, rulers. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, kind of a thing. It was more of a kind of a... Um, an, armistice is not the right word necessarily, but... Um, I mean, they already use the word autonomous. So. Yeah, it's a treaty area. <laughs> that works. So, so I guess in that armistice, is kind of similar. Juno was a neutral zone, wasn't it? Yeah, Basically. Juno would be a neutral. Yeah, yeah. but it, so, it still had its own rulers. Um, this one is is led by a kind of a, a UN kind of thing. So now, here's one, one of the things that I noticed as we were going through these. There are only five mother crystals. That they've told us about. That they've told us yeah. about. Normally we get crystals in sets of four. Um, uh, there's, uh, there's six mentioned. No, there aren't. Let's see. We've got Drake's breath, Drake's head, Drake's spine, Drake's fang, Drake's breath, and Drake's tail. Wait, Drake's breath is mentioned twice. Uh-huh. Huh. Rosaria draws its aether from Drake's Breath, a mother crystal situated on a volcanic island off the coast. The Iron, the Iron Kingdom, Kingdom controls Drake's, Drake's Breath, the mother crystal that sits at the heart of one of their islands, a long source of contention with neighboring Rosaria. I had not picked up on that the first time through. That's so funny. I also wanted to look at the banners. Rosaria, that's definitely a phoenix. Uh, Sandbreak, I'm seeing leviathans on the bottom half of the banner. I'm seeing an Ixion on the Kingdom of Willowed. And then I'm seeing crystals yes, with cool symbols on the Iron Kingdom, Crystalline Dominion, and Dalmechian Republics. So we're going to have very different kingdoms to explore. I'm stoked. This is going to be fun. 
Ooh, politicking. Yeah. If it's done right, it could be amazing storytelling. Well, you know who's making it? The Heavensward team, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. We'll have a good time. Yeah, I mean, it should be a good game. I mean, if the graphics are to be uh, believed, I mean, even they were shown in kind of a uh, raw state. They weren't... Uh, they were basically... It was run off of a PC, what we yep. what was seen in that trailer, and it looked pretty damn good. So, I mean, just imagine with a little bit of polish what it's going to look like on next gen uh, on a PS5. I'm really happy that they're like, here's the game. It's not done yet. It's not perfect. As opposed to, here's this cool movie that we made, mm -hmm. and then a decade later, we get something that isn't even close to what we originally saw. Mm -hmm. I they like that they learned from that. They don't make the same mistake twice, it feels like. I've said this before about other things, but it seems to be a running pattern. Uh, I would say Square Enix has long, for a long time, played the same cards. They've always given this beautifully polished trailer, and then what we see is, is something close to, but not quite. I mean... Look at you, FF14 1.0. <laughs> like, sorry, get anyone in this talking about trailers and demos, and there is a lot of bitching to go around yeah. about them. Fair. What's fair, what, what, what I like seeing is, is Yoshida flat out saying, we don't want to do that for this. Here's what we've got. We hope you uh, enjoy it and we and look forward to playing it. One of his strengths has always been the ability to just like cut through the bullshit and talk openly about what the status of things are, why they can't do the thing that you would really like, and being able to speak directly and openly about that. And that I'm going to clear this up a little bit. Yeah. Um, when it comes to a lot of trailers, uh, they will try and show you what they aim for because that is what they're aiming for. But it. it they might find that, like, like, yes, it might sound like they're not doing their work, but you might, they might find out, like, six months into development that there's a certain bug or there's something that will stop them from doing something which would then change other things, which means that's why a lot, sometimes the games won't look like target trailers. It's not like they're trying not to make them look like it, but there might just be something that happens along the way that causes the, uh, you know, the gold dot to be reached. Or in some cases, uh, beaten. You're you're so absolutely correct on that. They yeah. they they ha but the the problem with it is is ge it's generally a a completely separate team that creates the trailer versus what the development team. But Whereas here, where they're saying, "Hey guys, we know this isn't done. If you're still cool with it, here's still a trailer." And that's just Yoshida being incredibly upfront and honest because they discovered by doing that we're willing to let a lot more stuff slide. But if we don't get the information, we're just going to be like, okay, so what are you doing? Like, you're trying to talk us out of $60 for a game that we waited 10 years for. The thing is, like, they're lucky that Yoshi has that audience because a lot of the times when it comes to games, if you show a really rough trailer, because 60 look rough in places for a lot oh, of yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Uh, they will just attack it. Well, at least with Yoshi, he has that fan base to back him up. It's very hard for most companies to have that kind of influencer. Like, you've got Hideo Kojima, you've got Yoshi P. There's not many companies where people will be able to, like, they'll be able to show it off and be, people will be like, it looks a bit rubbish now, but we know it's going to be okay.
And that's because he put in the work to show that, hey, I'm a person right. who's going to be honest about Like, he spent the time developing that reputation, and now it's helping yeah. out. Mm -hmm. That's why he is the rising star at Square Enix. That's why he is the uh, oh, yeah. the, the manager in charge of business uh, uh, unit three. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. There, I'm not concerned that 16 is going to take 10 years like 15 did. I'm not concerned that we're going to see a complete mishmash oh, yeah. of directors changing halfway through a production it's going it's to gonna hit it's probably going to hit its target of well it, they're saying yeah. 2021 but i still want to say tw early 2022 just to be i fair. not say yeah 2021 seems awesome but yeah i'm super i would wait like i'm happy to months. throw in an yeah i'm happy to throw in a six yeah. months general pandemic and other bullshit extension yeah, yeah march 2022 sounds like a great great time for me yeah and you know, with uh, you know Yoshida as the producer and Takai as director, I think that they are going to have a solid story. They are going to have a uh, uh, it's going to be well executed. They're going to keep the ship tight. It's going to be solid. I, I think I'm looking forward to it a lot. And the fact that we're not going to have to wait ten years for a video game is going to be amazing. And oh, as man. always, I want to add the fact that I have no connection with Square Enix because it, I teased a few things in this trailer that I heard about. So it became a running joke on Google Go Around streams that I'm somehow working for them. But I, I, I can confirm I do not work in any way, shape, or form with Square Enix. So he, he just has a secret mole that feeds him information. <laughs> not like a no, person. Like there's a little marketing on his skin that speaks to him in his dream. Mole, 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 No, I heard sources. It was originally, it was originally going to be at the uh, PS5 announcement. Yeah, you know, when we had that big yep. showcase for games. Yep. Uh, but it was going to be there, but because it's on PC and they wanted most of the games at that to be only shown on PS5. That's why it got delayed, and that's why I kind of guessed it would be around this time period for the trailer. Well, I, <sighs> I had assumed that it was going to be a TGS announcement anyway, but... Yeah. It was close to it. Anyway, um, definitely something to look forward to on on, uh, on my radar, so I ho hope you guys are looking forward to it, too. There was oh, one, one other little bit of news that popped up this week. Um, Final Fantasy IV for iOS, Android, and PC got a uh, patch update this week. Huh. Yeah. That was like a couple years ago when Diablo 2 got patched. We all went, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. why is this getting patched this late? One second here. I'm going to copy the URL. And paste this. I got this bit of information off of toucharcade.com. Um, apparently this patch adds support for modern iOS and iPad OS screens, as well as ultra-wide support on PC. Okay, that makes some amount of sense. You know, yeah, it's... They're not doing, like, an item rebalance or anything no. ridiculous. But, like, the FF3 patch that came out last year, the game was played horizontally, and it would rotate onto your screen. The problem is, is it only rotated one direction. So if you flipped your device over, your screen was just upside down. So you had to hold the device a certain way. And it was like, that's bad. So like there's a patch to fix that. Also, so like, sometimes it's really small, but it, it's a big quality of life for the player. Didn't it also and fix the, the text boxes? 
What was that? Didn't it also fix the text boxes as well, overflowing? A couple of the text boxes were busted. Um, like, being somebody that's worked on text, I'm just like, when I see one that's wrong, I'm like, that happens. It's just not a big deal because there's just so many. And one's going to break. And if you can patch it, awesome. If you can't, that's a problem. But most of the time you can patch stuff. The other thing that this patch added is it gave the mobile versions on iOS and Android uh, the full opening movie. Ooh. I oh, didn't notice that I going on here. Nice. And then uh, the game is currently on sale now on on those three platforms, iOS, Android, and PC. It's mm-hmm. like it's like seven dollars on iOS and Android, and it's half price on Steam. So if you uh, want to play Final Fantasy IV on the go or pick it up on Steam, now's a great time to do it. So yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, always, but we also have a discussion topic to get to at some point tonight. I am just so emotionally and physically drained from any everything that... Like, you could say a thing, and I'll just start rambling on about it, but I don't know that that makes good podcast. <laughs> That's fair. I just want to know if it was something that you guys ended up catching that I missed. Nope. Though now I've got, like, parodies of two different Crazy Ex-Girlfriend songs taking shape in my head, so maybe we should move along. All right, so? I give good podcast. She give good podcast. I'm just going to hit his mute button uh, just for the rest That's of the show. The <laughs> good deal. All right. The biggest reason we have Chili on is I remember him t- talking about his first Final Fantasy when, when, he, when he was able to, to play the game. Was Final Fantasy VII? I was, say, was that not my correct? entire country's first fun? My entire country's first Final Fantasy, really? Yeah. Unless you count Mystic Quest, which nobody no. counts yeah. Mystic Quest. No. Well, it also lost Final Fantasy in the title here, so it is literally just called Mystic Quest. Yeah. Huh. I guess yeah. Final Fantasy wouldn't have meant anything to. Well, no, there was a licensing issue, if I'm rightly. Huh. Interesting. I mean, it's not the first time that that would have happened to a video game series, but uh, but the fact that it took it, it until... It was very... Sorry, Carol. I was going to say, the fact that it took until 1997 for you guys to be able to get a Final Fantasy game in, in the country is kind of interesting. I've been thinking about it recently, and I, as an adult, I've just realized what I wish I'd known as a kid, because, you know, as a kid, I'm an idiot. And even now... <laughs> it, it had, What's changed? It had to be... I've just realized it's it had to have been just text issues. Um, the games probably barely fit in the cartridges because of how big they were. So being released in Europe, you would have had so many different text languages that you wouldn't have been able to fit on those old cartridges. Mm. If there had if they had to do localization, yeah. You got to make if you release a game in Europe, it has to have all the different languages that are spoken in Europe uh, in the game. It can't just be English. It has to have Spanish, French, German, Italian. Is that legally required, or is that a thing where you're never going to get enough sales? Because either one would be an issue. I think it's illegal. I think it's a legal requirement. I I've not seen a game too. without it. Because I know when I worked at, at NOA, it was like, we had to do English. It was specifically British English. There were specific spellings. There was a list that we had to do. Um, and then yeah, French, German, and Italian, and Spanish. Yeah, yeah, and that would have yeah, been other languages are great as well, but those are the basic ones you need. 
I suppose, I mean, the other option around that would have been to have, you'd have had to create cartridges or ROMs with each individual language. Yeah. Which is also going to yeah, be cost no, prohibitive. Yeah, that's going to be a huge nightmare. So, yeah. Oh my god. Hi, yeah, we got our copies of Final Fantasy Mystic Quest in, but we only have, uh, we only have English and German unless you've got a pre-order. <laughs> no, they sent all, oh. all the copies ended up being Cyrillic. Sorry. Just like the supply <laughs> chain involved with several different copies. Oh god, that's a nightmare. Yes. So, because of that, and uh, we just happened to, uh... Somebody had said that they would have liked to see Chili on the show, and she was like, yeah, I would like that. So I was like, you know what? This is a great time to bring him in, because being this was his first Final Fantasy that he got to play. Yeah. Be a little nostalgic for him. We're continuing our, <laughs> our depth, our dive into the Final Fantasy uh, soundtracks with Final Fantasy VII. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Oh, it's this one again. Now this is PlayStation audio that's creating this. It's weird, we, like, we think of the PlayStation as the first of the, like, kind of modernist ones, but a lot of PS1 stuff just feels so dated right now. Yeah. It's really dated. It was just, hey, discs hold more than solid state. Okay, move to discs. But, like, a PlayStation 1 is not that much more advanced than, like, honestly, a Super Nintendo. Yeah, like, PS2, really... PS3 games have held up decently, but PS1? Oof. We got to remember the PS1 styled off as just an add-on for the Super Nintendo until they got screwed over and then they decided to put a GPU in there. Yep. Yep. Because I think it's the same CPU in there as the original add-on. It's just that they added the GPU. Well, do you guys remember 3D. the um, the Sega Genesis had the CD add-on and the 32X? Oh, they were CD, like, let's yeah. add stuff to the console. Well. That didn't work, yeah, so well, we're just going to make a PlayStation and off we go. Well, it Hell, wasn't necessarily an add-on, was it? It was actually an actual Super Nintendo console with a drive built into it. Yeah. And there are, like, two in existence in the world right now or something like that? What was found in Sony's attic? And they were able to get it working, but there's no software that will play on it so they're unable to really test it <laughs> it was quite a thing but uh yeah nintendo playstation was almost a thing what could have been nintendo playstation been not losing the square enix contract so that seven came out on a nintendo system etc 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 yeah that was stuff. Be in the universe where Nintendo, PlayStation exists, and Xbox, Dreamcast exists, Xbox, Microsoft, Sega, Micro yeah. Sega. Because yeah. the original Xbox was actually designed to be backwards compatible with Dreamcast until they removed that feature. Really? Yep. Yeah. Because I suppose Nintendo and Sega were the big boys, and they wanted to try and, and get into the that, great that share. realignment. It was also due to the copyright issues with Dreamcast because it was so easy to copyright the di it copied the discs with piracy. So mm. Microsoft dropped it because they were worried about that. 
So yeah, that's what the prelude sounded like played from a PlayStation uh, audio. Uh, what the? I did some research on it. And I'm blanking on everything. The the uh, the synthesizer. Um, so beautiful. So. It is still that good old classic uh, crystal theme. Like it's pretty like essentially unchanged. Yeah. Harp go up. Harp go down. Harp go up. Harp go down. But then... This... Uh. And that just sent chills down my spine. Doesn't it? I'm getting goosebumps. It's just the ambience of it. I am mentally back at my childhood home right now. Got a bit of an overture vibe to it. I love it when it jumps into this part. <laughs> this is the bombing yeah, mission, the opening theme for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, as this is all been going on, we have the pull out to the entire big city of Midgar and then zoom in on a train arriving at a depot. Oh, just... uh, uh, Merc jumping out in a bit. You don't even need Merc. to know he's a Merc yet, just a guy with a sword. Well, I, I, he I, does I... a rad flip off the train. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. knew it was a Merc if you read the back of the box. Okay, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we've got a little bit of in-media res. We have arrived uh, at the beginning of this uh, bombing mission, as the track is called. Uh, people clearly made some kind of plan that we're putting together or uh, enacting. We don't know all the details, but we do know, hey, we're blowing up a reactor. We're ostensibly some kind of terrorist here. Uh, we just received a new donation to Extra Life. I'm having a hard time reading the name on there. Josh? Thank ah. you, presumed Josh. It's Shake. Oh, Shake. Thank you so much <laughs> for your $25 donation to Extra Life. You are a hero to, to children today. Thank you so much. We have two different ways we're getting the notifications, so it's like I hear sometimes one will go before the other, and then the other one will go before it. We're almost at $600, guys. You fight through those dogs and those red soldiers. Twirling encounter screens and load times. I don't miss those. Uh, no. Uh. 
I mean, this was was groundbreaking. Oh, it absolutely for, was for the time. I mean, when you if we go back to Final Fantasy VI, those were all just you know very they're good MIDI, but it was very basic MIDI. They were able to step it up, and they had a lot more instruments available now. They had a lot more um, that they could do with it. They had so many more layers that they could put on top of one another. They didn't have to uh, obfuscate things and, you know, build in the rain within the track for an area. You can pick out what seemed to, like, uh, recognizable instruments from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was... PS1 had a really good audio chip. In fact, it was so good that... It, uh... Until about the 2000s, people were modifying PS1 to like make them audio amplifiers <laughs> because of how good the actual audio chip was inside the PS1. Yeah, I mean, we're nice. going to be at the end of this, we're going to be talking about you know, one of the biggest things because shortly after this was released on, on PlayStation, it was also released on, on the PC, uh, from IDOS. And uh, the people say that the audio on the PC side was horrible in comparison to the playstation one so yeah it was crazy but the things that we were able to do with it, it it's really nice so we just got through the beginning um jumped off the train and then we jump into a, a mako reactor actually it'll be a mako reactor i'm never sure on the pronunciation well the remake tells us it's mako okay because the remake gave us actual um, voice dialogue. Now, FF7 definitely had a bit more of the cyberpunk feel to it. And this one's got kind of that, hey, we're in this big imposing place. We've got this music almost oppressively looming over us. This is a very industrial space. This is a space that does not support life. This is a place that is technically absorbing, stealing life. Taking it and using it to run your light bulbs. Stealing the life of the planet for your convenience. Well, the Shin way record. it sounds, you can kind of like hear like the pumps in a way. Through the way yeah. the marching goes. Yeah, that has gives in the context of where you are, it definitely has a little bit more of like a mechanical, like the machines operating, pumping away the yeah. life of the planet. Yeah. It's very ominous. It's very mm -hmm. foreboding. This is a place you should not be. Well, duh. You're a terrorist. Well, Infiltrating a, um, a secret government facility. Technically, well, Shinra's not the government. Technically. 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 But... <laughs> yeah, the mayor of Midgard complains about this. Technically, the government is separate, but really, they're just a figurehead. He's a I mean, hell, their office is in the Shinra uh, building. <laughs> but yeah, this plays throughout the uh, the Mako reactor as you uh, run through there. And that's pretty much every Mako reactor. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead. No and... matter where. Go ahead. No matter where in the world you are, and you find Mako reactors in a lot of different uh, diverse environments. But inside each one, you have that same oppressive feeling. Yeah, this is in every one of the Mako reactors. Let's go ahead and we'll jump ahead to the next track. This one goes on for a little bit, yeah.
This one is called Anxiety. It's interesting that it's called that because I always heard not necessarily as anxious, but just like kind of sad, reflective. This is something that we often heard in places where there was like a important memories, important things that had happened, but also like very sad ones or ones that was like emotionally difficult. Yeah. Um, well, one of the areas this plays in is the train graveyard. So maybe not as much memories there, but still kind of the... This is a place that this is an unhappy place. And this also plays in Nibelheim later on in the game. But uh, I believe the, in the you've, Japanese. Oh, Matt, you've almost got a minor shifted version of the Crystal Prelude there, don't you? A little bit. It's Actually, like a, it's like a kind of a sad version of it. I know that sounds weird, but it's like it's more. Yeah. It, it, <gasps> It's oh, meant no. to evoke those the, the the anxious feelings. Uh, there's a number of YouTube channels devoted to taking various songs and doing minor shifted versions of them, and just the same melody but shifting to a minor key. It is amazing how sad or anxious or whatever they can become. Yeah. Though so now it changed quite a bit here. It's a little bit more. <laughs> What's the feeling I want to give it here? It's. Hope. Nah, it's not there yet. It does feel reflective. Yeah. Like you're looking back at a memory. Because now we get back into that tension feeling. Yeah. Oh, this is already starting to weigh on me. Do you have an anxious heart? Apparently. <laughs> uh, the Japanese on this, uh, correct me on this, Talas, uh, Fuan na Kokoro? Uh, Fuan na Kokoro. Uh, yeah, Kokoro is, it's like heart, it's the sound that a heart makes. Yep. It's the thump yep. thump. Yep, anxious. It's, so, yeah. Anxious heart is the name in Japanese, I guess, then. Like the heartbeat aspect there is kind of nice. It's like this sort of involuntary, like the sensation of your heart beating in your chest. Well, I know that the like train that. graveyard scene in the original game is very different from the remake. Yeah. Um, yes. But there are there is still a little bit of that. Um, if I remember correctly, I, I want to say there was a little bit of uh, some some supernatural things going on there there were some ghost type enemies in the originals trade graveyard i remember but it wasn't as deep as what they put in the I've, i'm assuming that this is what they wanted to do yeah originally like it's it's a graveyard for trains but i kind of like the whole thing of like it's like it's a graveyard in the sense of like for an urban setting so a graveyard for machines but you still have this like becoming this association with death and the undead and spirits like i kind of like the theming they went for with that yeah but yeah this song definitely has a lot of different levels that it goes through and then we get back to that original tension And then we get a theme for one of our main protagonists. Mm. 
This is Tifa's theme. This one also feels like it's kind of reflective in memories, but a little more homey. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of this uh, game, the themes around like these memories and these visions of the past and trying to make sense of them and define yourself through them. Well, you got to remember, you know, Cloud and Tifa have a past. They grew up together. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the of Tifa's theme is going to be based off of that uh, childhood friendship. So there's going to be a yeah. lot of the reminiscing of that. Have- some sad undertones with this that I've always felt a little bit sad at the start. Well, I, I there, and I, I would assume a lot of that is because I, as childhood friends, I think wonder if Tifa didn't, uh, you know, kind of want more. Uh, that maybe uh, Cloud wanted more. Seemed kind of that seemed kind of obvious uh, from the get go. There was so much shipping of Tifa and Cloud, and yeah. now with the remake, the ship is Jesse for sure. But well, well, yeah, Jesse's just well, thirsty. Jesse's best girl. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, one thing also to note with that is that, uh, as we do learn through the plot of the game, Tifa has all these memories and all these things of Cloud, and then she's getting something where what she's being presented with, what she's told now, doesn't match up, and she's a little scared to try to confront that, to try to look at why there's a difference between what she remembers and what she's being told. Plus, we all know that memories could be twisted so she's probably second guessing herself a little bit if she's remembering it right and if she is remembering it right what's going to happen if she brings this up yeah there's like a kind of uneasy equilibrium that she's very worried about what happens if she disturbs it yeah well we, we we know there's not something there's something not quite right with cloud He's, he doesn't seem like he's he's not confident. And this is one that the American localization didn't do quite as good a job of conveying, unfortunately. There were some aspects of it that were lost. But we've been able to learn over the past 20-some yeah. years what they're... Yeah. What they initially with all meant. The, with all the stuff that comes out, we now do have a clearer idea that yeah, there is this conflict between this persona that Cloud's putting forward and then little hints that maybe something's not quite right here. Yeah. But what does it mean? Who knows? Now we get some pretty music to listen to when we go into the seventh heaven. Yeah, the seventh heaven is not going to be a place where anyone's like carousing and singing drinking songs and whatnot, but it's a place where you can just like have a drink and unwind your feelings from the day. All right, let's go ahead and move on. To a very different sounding theme. For a very different character. Which I wish we had a minion of this guy. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't want I mean, when you first came across Barrett, didn't you want a gun arm? I mean, machine gun arm, late 90s, Japanese media. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I live in England, so no. (laughs) Uh, A knife arm. Late 90s is when we were finally getting Japanese media under 18, because before then, most stuff was banned. That's why they were hero turtles. (laughs) God. <laughs> but yeah, this, this. I have to, like, this is not the music that I would have associated with Barrett. No. Uh, 
I mean, uh, it is a bit more authoritative, but it's not I as bombastic as, as, as his character is. It doesn't fit him, but it does fit his town. It does fit his what? His town. His yeah. yeah, where he comes from. Yeah. And I think once we... Uh, and this is one that, again, I felt like was handled a little bit better in the remake. Getting a bit more of an image of him just uh, as as his father, as this person who comes from this. Like, this... Uh, we still see the drive to do stuff, but we also see a bit of where that drive comes from. Yep. And I feel like it makes a little yeah. more sense with that context. Yeah. They did a lot better job with Marlene in the uh, the remake versus uh, the original. But yeah, early on, it doesn't make as much sense. Uh, some of the tracks are definitely ones that make sense a bit later on when you know a bit more. Which I kind of like, if I'm honest. It's like, oh, now I know. Now I understand why that was a, uh, as dumb like it was. Foreshadowing. I have to be honest with you. When I was younger, I was I didn't pay as much attention to the soundtracks. <laughs> I knew the music. I just didn't know what was necessarily associated with whom. Exactly. And now that I've I've had a chance to kind of appreciate it more and and just go back on it, it's I I, I have a, a lot higher appreciation for the work that went into uh, the sound design for each of these pieces. What's next on the docket? All right, the next song we have. Hurry! He's okay. You've got that kind of metronome going in the background, that ticking clock. You're on, yeah, you need to be somewhere. You need to go somewhere. This plays in a number of areas. We gotta is- jump on those grooves, Cloud. <laughs> There is very frequently a clock type ticking down. Yeah. Um, this happens when escaping from Reno in the church um, after you fall into it. And after during the revisit of Sector 7 and the climb to the top of the, of the plate. Uh, the music I hated as a child. You didn't like the rushed feel? No, not with the rush feel with the whole push the barrels down to knock them off while you're hearing it. Oh. It's like a mixed feeling. <laughs> that little beep 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 does sound like a kind of electronic mechanical type thing, which fits in again with a lot of the kind of cyberpunkish settings that they used. Yeah, they, it just sounds so good. Oh my god, why is the soundtrack inducing so much anxiety? Uh, because it's doing its job. It is, it is. I mean, and realistically, it's sad to say this, but you know that a soundtrack producer has really done their job when their music is inducing the feelings, but you're not really noticing the music. <laughs> It, when There's it fit- a lot of stuff that, like, in a supporting role like that, where yeah. it's accomplishing its goal, but not being so obtrusive that you start paying direct attention yeah. to it. When you get the feeling they want to induce on it, and you're, you're not, like, then taken out of it, like, oh, that song, you know? Yeah. No, you know, like, I'm- maybe after the fact, you go back and uh, listen yeah. to her or look at it, but during in that moment... 
because I, I do have to say there have been a few games uh, in recent time when I've listened to it and the song does actually pull me out of the moment. Ish. I mean, it's a I beautiful like, song, but it, it, I don't like when games use actual like current or recently current pop music or whatever, because then it just feels really jarring and not in place. But stuff like this definitely like invokes that emotion and makes it feel like the music is designed for this specific space. No, exactly. And, yeah. And I will story. also make I will also make an exception for something like Grand Theft Auto when it's the music that's playing on a car radio and only while you're in a car. Okay, like I'm down for playing Crazy Taxi and like getting all of the offspring songs. Like that's fine. <laughs> or or but, like Final Fantasy, I'm like N- I don't yeah. I don't want to hear like fits in the tantrums in my Final Fantasy. It just doesn't work. Yeah. No, uh I remember the first guy I dated uh just hanging out, watching them play GTA Vice City, and driving around the city listening to 1980s music, and it was kind of nice. And you ran so far away. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. Plus then, listening to Laszlo. <laughs> Dude, that was one of the best written comedy pieces. <laughs> All Wait, right. what game are we talking about again? Alright, moving three. on to the next... That was for the joke. I know. Something's going on out there. Lurking in the darkness. There's a mystery to be solved. This plays at Plate Interior and several underground areas. So you're exploring something. There's a little bit of like a kind of a jazz feel to it. Yep. Maybe it's just like the background. What's that called? Yeah. This the syncopated hi-hat? Sure, that. Like a smoky sound effect. Like a smoky. This is the music that plays that you go into the restricted access area to discuss secrets. You're like crouched over while you sneak in. Or you you, you knock on the door and and the little thing slides open. What's the password? Oh, <laughs> oh man, Seventh Heaven. Uh, Seventh Heaven is a speaky sea. <laughs> that reminds me of when I bought Chinese during the lockdown. They added like a little slit to the front. <laughs> it was at night that when they, had, they I realized that it was like ten o'clock, and they was, I had to put the money through the slit. And they put the Chinese out for. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Like I've been delivering like pizzas a... on a milk crate for the last two months. Like, that's just how we have to do it right now. Yeah. Oh, we just always put them on the front step or whatever uh, they had available, so... But I understand what you're, yeah. what you're doing, too. I've had rain. places... Yeah. Yeah, so yeah it's like, I have to sneak... Stand in front of the... Uh, rain at night, dark at night, clips the money under the, under the door. Sketchy AF chow mein delivery. <laughs> put the money in, 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 those, in the slits. But yeah, <laughs> this is again like going with kind of that cyberpunk feel going around uh, this big technological city and then you have all the little back areas all of the like you have Disneyland with this big facade and then you have all the service tunnels and all the things that you need to make it function. Yep. This is the CD back areas. Yep. 
these are the bits that need to exist so that that uh, bright glittering front can work the way that it's uh, supposed to. So, uh-huh. so these guys can run the scene. Now, if this doesn't sound like uh, the, the, the theme for a big, bad corporate entity. Yeah, I don't know who thought this was a good song to use for marketing. How are we going to sell our product with this? <laughs> this is the Shinra theme. How more evil can we make it sound? Plays during cutscenes involving Shinra Electric Power Company. So any of the president scenes that we get, um, Heidegger, Hojo, um, all of those scenes, this is what's playing in the background. I feel like there's some elements of this that also come up in other tracks. Mm -hmm. But you know some shady shit's going down when you hear this. This is no ordinary, uh, you know, power company or, or utility. Yeah, something's definitely going on. Is it reactor music I'm not or Mako? Mac Mako. I'm not sure. I think I think a lot of it it's like they're playing off of the, 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 the whole um cyberpunk slash um th- that whole theme that we get, you know, for within Midgar. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the songs have similar feels to them, but I don't know if it really, if they're completely yeah. ripping off of one another. I'd have to go back and forth and compare a bit. I wouldn't even say ripping off because it's being done by the same thing. It's more of like a, hey, you're using similar elements, leap motifs, as we've discussed. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we start to have fights. Oh, we've been having fights for a bit, but... But this song, you're, you hear a lot in the game. Oh, yeah. Usually preceded by a... And the breaking glass. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought that whole breaking glass thing was so cool. Yeah. Same. So technically, I guess I really wasn't a kid. I was 18 at the time when this came out. When I was a younger man. <laughs> Tell us all about the Onion Tide Tear Belt, Klaus. Which was a style at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that reference in and of itself is going to become a... Oh, and now I'm sad. I love this part in the fu- mm-hmm. in the battle theme. Chili, oh, the what did you? Part. Yes, and I don't know why, but I just like that they put that in there in the middle of the battle. This is also just far enough into the battle that you're like, okay, we're on turn two or three. You've gotten hit really fucking hard or you're going to have to start using more than regular attacks. Mm -hmm. So the music starts changing as your flow of the battle starts changing, too. Yeah. Unless you play like me. (laughs) (laughs) We've discussed this before with some uh, with other music pieces where 
They can be designed to kind of fit with lots of different things happening, but there's a general flow that you expect for battles. So yeah, that's a really nice aspect. That is a thoughtfully designed thing. I've always been the type of person that stays back and grinds as much as possible until I get bored and then move on to the next area. And then you just smash through everything. Yeah, last playthrough I got beta and Omni Slash on disc one. So. Good lord. Yeah, I got beta as soon as I got to the uh, Midgar Solon. Well, yeah, he's the one you can get it from. You usually just have yeah. to work pretty hard at getting it and not getting killed. Yeah. I had to use it, uh, not an exploit, but Aerith's ability to hit, uh, make everyone inv invincible for a few seconds with one of her limit breaks. I timed it just as he used beta so I could get the enemy skill and kill him. Nice. Chili is the kind of player who, who gets level 99 and then uh, goes up against the first boss. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, oh, I'm at the final boss and I'm only level seven out of a hundred. I should probably figure out how this game works. Yep. Yeah. So, no, Spender, unless you're playing eight, then you've yeah, done exactly, it right. Exactly. Exactly. Fair. Wolf, uh, has commented about and will frequently uh, stop doing side quests just to let the final battle still have some drama to it. Uh, and then once you're done with that battle. Do, 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 do. This was my favorite version of it for a very long time. The kind of the, ex, the, the ending different yeah. is different, and I don't dislike it, but it definitely shows that it's different. Yeah, yeah. It, it fits the, the the game itself versus the, the whole da 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 da. And I think it was after this that they started having they'd have the same fanfare, but the music after would vary for yes, the game. Yes, absolutely. Because this one is like we were saying, kind of cyberpunk, and then like nine is very medieval, and six is very magical but also steel and then eight and kind of seven and eight have similar feels but are different enough they had they had different ones nine goes back to the a more um i believe it uses kind of a uh, um a flute version of the yeah if jc staff animated a series about that was just final fantasy eight in the early 2000s, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, that's the kind of feel that it has, so it needs its own little weird prelude, too. Uh, All right, and then we find this uh, little church, or we fall into this little church. Yeah. After we've gone establishing the cyberpunk setting, the crisis the planet faces, the huge corporate enemy, the eco-terrorism... We get a moment of respite. Uh. Flowers Blooming in the Church is the name of this tune. And it plays in the Sector 5 slums church, as well as Aerith's house. Those six notes that we, the do 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 do, that's very iconic for this particular track. Uh, depending on who it is, you will hear people in the Final Fantasy TCG community use those six notes as they're doing an action, <laughs> as opposed to actually doing it. Um, there's an Aerith that costs three, and when she enters play, you pick three wind backups and activate them. 
So you put three down and then put three up. Do, 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 and then Aerith shows up. So it's do, they will do, literally do. just hum or whistle those notes and just <laughs> drop the card without doing anything else because everybody knows that it's three down, three up, six notes. It just kind of turned into like a musical response to playing a card. It's a musical do, meme. Do, do, do. Oh, uh, do, do, do. oh, that's beautiful. Well, the song is pretty nice, too. Yeah. Like, we haven't gotten full-on Aerith's theme yet, but we're getting... These are places associated with her, and with yes. her... Energy, for lack of a better word. Yeah. I like that. Energy's good. Yeah. Her aura. Speaking of energy... This song has a very different energy. I'm not 100%, but that it does sound like a finger snap happening there, like yep. someone being badass. Yep. Oh, yeah. The, the Turks are basically, you know, this this game's version of the Yakuza. They are yeah, the, the, the badasses, you know. I have always wondered where that name came from, the Turks. Does anyone know? It's nobody's business but them. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. You handed it to me, dude. You knew I, I was really going did. to. Take another upvote. Get out. <laughs> <sighs> oh. I love the no, Turks I theme, No, I teed though. that up for you. What the hell? <laughs> you just like, here's a silver platter there. It's like, holy crap. Home run! But I mean, what's not to love about the Turks? I mean, there is like the whole murder and whatnot. Like, Google says that Turk is derived from helmet. Maybe that's something to do with it? Huh. I don't know. None of them wear hats. Uh, Turk as in helmet, as in protecting the thing that is controlling the body? Maybe. Yeah, it seems like maybe in a more metaphorical sense. I was okay. gonna say, that, that's getting yeah. pretty far away, though. So they're kind of like armor in that case. Yeah. But Reno and Rude and Elena and Sang. I was getting there. And we had some of the other ones in the other FF7 thing. Yeah, in some of the other games. All right. And then after the Turks. This title has always made me laugh. Under the Rotting Pizza. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it makes sense. Midgard is split up into... It's a circular town split up into eight sectors. Each sector is a piece of the pie. Of pizza. Yep. Barrett even describes it as a uh, rotting pizza yep. so, or something similar at some point. If it yep. wasn't for that goddamn pizza, we could see the sky. Yeah. was the line. Or something similar. And this plays in sectors five and six slums. So. And that's absolutely the kind of term you would can imagine someone coming up with to talk about that big hulking thing up in the sky there. 
I mean, they even mentioned at one point how each of the sectors once had its own name, like towns or districts or whatever, but no one calls them that anymore. It's just sector whatever. And like, you- the place may have once had a veneer of like, hey, it's this nice community, technological, shiny, whatever, and it's been ripped off and no one knows or cares anymore. A friend of mine came into uh, Final Fantasy way later in life, uh, and they had seen the anime series Code Geass first. So when they got to this section where the sectors were just gone by number, they had kind of a different response to it because they had seen 50 episodes of a show where Japan was called Area 11. And then Mm. this is their next piece of media that they consume, and they're like, holy crap, they hate themselves. I'm like, no, that's not... I get where you're coming from, but that's not what the goal is here. The fact that you just have two nickels is just weird. Like, yeah. let's let this go for a second. All right, let's go ahead and go to the next. It's just kind of music of the slums. Speaking of different areas of the slums. <laughs> Wall market, the fun place. The Vegas of Midgar. Eh, too seedy for that. The crappy part of Reno of Midgar. There we go. (laughs) That might be too hyper-specific. Let's not talk about places I go. (laughs) The Black Pool of Midgar. Alright, this is called The Oppressed, and as we said, it plays in Wall Market. It also plays in Rocket Town. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to think about commonalities between them. You've got like people who have two cup, two team, two cities that've been kind of screwed over by Shinra in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just kind of drifting from day to day, no necessarily real direction. Well, wasn't there like an explosion in Wall Market um, or something like that? I can't remember exactly what it was. I know that there was a reason why it was left abandoned. And then it wasn't until Don Canaro, Don Canaro started actually rebuilding it that it became what it is. And then Rocket Town, of course, has the abandoned rocket, which right. means the whole town got abandoned. I mean, not so abandoned, have, like, but... Well, abandoned it, by Shinra. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's it. So and just filled with people who had been part of this big goal and now just like, kind of going from day to day. Yeah. You kind of hear it in the song. In my opinion, they can't, it, it kind of is repetitive where they're going through the same motions over and over again. Yeah, I can feel a little bit just like the, like, who cares, whatever, just let it go. But it's also got the bup, 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 bup. Pass the bottle. Yeah? yeah. Let's have a drink, buddy. Because what else are you going to do? You'll go here. They're not sad because they're so used to it now, but at the same time, they're just used to it by now. What do you do next? You go to the Honeybee Inn. Yes. (laughs) This was just such a weird sequence. Yeah, I mean... This was one where I really did appreciate the remix take on it a bit more. Absolutely. Um, I, I had fun with... Wall Market, Honeybee Inn, that entire thing in the original. Yeah. I appreciated it so much more in the remake. 
you got to remember that. It was, what, we're judging it by now, but for when it was done, it was pretty well done. Oh, you at the time. Like I said, I, I didn't find it cringy. No. I, I found it different. I'm like, why am I doing yeah. this? Why... Why are we doing squats with all these big guys? Why are we dressing me as a woman? You know, this was... Like I said, 23 years ago. That one was... Yeah. That one was also a thing where... Some of the stuff was not necessarily localized well. Some of it was culture subcultures that were not necessarily well understood. It was kind of a mess. But it, it was still fun. Yeah. Wow, Sarah, you jumped way up in the air. That was odd. Dragon. Nah, wrong window there, sorry. <laughs> but like I said, it was quite the story that was told, you know, with what you had to do to to save Tifa from from the dawn with Aerith encouraging you the entire time because she just is yeah the yeah. people who saw Aerith as like oh she's this incorruptible pure maiden yada yada it's like dude did you see how excited she got at the idea of cloud cross dressing she's got she a thing she was a bit of a scamp like, delightfully so, but the whole incorruptible pure pureness thing always no. bugs me. <laughs> Alright, and then the next song we have... Very different feeling from the Honey Bee Inn. Can actually start playing in the Honey Bee Inn if certain things happen that send Cloud into a bit of a dissociative episode. Which is why it's played here, because it's... If, if you get to that point... But it plays not only in that part, but during any scene involving Genova or Sephiroth. It's called yeah. Who Are You? Very Cheshire Caddish as well. Yeah, Cloud has a lot of, like, there's a lot of moments where you see him almost like talking to himself or talking to something in his head, like different aspects. It's unclear what's going on. But we do see that, like, Cloud has a couple different things sort of warring for... Or not necessarily warring, but just urging him in different directions. And then we see him shake his head and declare what they're going to do. Never quite sure how he arrived at that conclusion. Yeah, this song is definitely... Yeah, I would say, uh, this working is out the unsettling. Working out the truth of Cloud's identity is a major overarching theme of the game. Yeah. And it gets really deep in, in the later discs, but, uh... Yeah. Next song... We meet a certain someone. A certain <sighs> dawn of the slums. This plays in Don Corneo's mansion. There's a bit of an almost playfulness to it. A, a creepy playfulness. Yes. Yeah. Come play with it. us. Ugh. 
<laughs> the Don is someone who indulges his pleasures freely. Oh yeah, he is definitely a pervert. His weekly weddings are a, uh, definitely a clue on that. But you can kind of hear the the Wall Street music with like a kind of a fluty overtone, as in basically it sounded like the Don is like having people follow him into his, you know, lair. Right. Fair Eyes in the chat saying it's kind of mischievous. Yeah, I can kind of see yeah. that too. The Don was a bit, uh, um, like I said, he liked to play. Oh, Don, you're such a scamp. <laughs> tee hee. Tee hee, tee hee. Sort of like a Pied Piper effect is what I hear in music. Yeah, kind of. You kind Almost, of got, yeah. You got that flutey over that, tone like, there. Leading rats to death. Yeah. Or leading lemmings. I'm, yeah, I kind of like rat. Like, you've got this person, the dawn of the slums. The slums filled with rats, and he's the piper whose tune they all dance to. Ugh, wow, I thought I was going dark. That went actually better somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Wow. By the way, guys, the Don sucks. Just throwing that out there. No, he's not yeah. a good guy. But he rules I mean, all the time. <laughs> all right. Next, we have... It's that Shinra music, but... It's a little more sneaky. Yeah. This is infiltrating Shinra when we actually go into the Shinra headquarters. And we have to do it all sneaky like. Well, unless you go in the front door. Even if you go Which in the I front did. Even if you go in the front door once you fight past the, uh, the guards and get onto the upper floors. I never understood. Oh, go ahead, Chili. By the way, a little secret that not many people don't know. Um, you know, you can go up the side, as you were talking about. You, you get mm -hmm. to a certain point, and then you teleport to the top. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go back, you can actually start walking back down the stairs in areas that you couldn't get when you're going up, because it gets you, lets you go past the bits that you um, get teleported past. There's actually a weapon there that you can't get in the rest of the game unless you go back. I oh, think I oh, read about cool that when I, was, when I played the, uh, the game yeah. initially. Yeah, when you have, like, the, uh, re-invasion. Yeah. No, the, the first one, if I'm Bradley. Huh. That's pretty rad, actually. Yeah. But the one thing I never did get, I mean, even in the remake, is the fact that there's all these people in there, and, and you definitely look like you don't fit in. Yet nobody says anything. I mean, so there I, might be a room with like that we don't know about. Floor seventy-two, cosplayer floor. Maybe I they just we'll go you, to that floor. If you take the elevators up, uh, it does show a little cutscene when you arrive on the other ones. That's showing you like on the security camera thing, and then shows out to show the security room with the guards not paying attention. Well, I mean, and I said maybe there's like a cosplayer floor that we don't know about. <laughs> okay, I need to add cosplayer floor to my business plan because I want one of those. <laughs> I don't know what it's for, and I'm going to get a text from Pyrocats tomorrow when she checks our shared folder and, and just says, what the hell is this? 
But uh, <laughs> the other great. thing I can think of, which is maybe a little justification after the fact, but if you remember, for instance, Crisis Core, where you had, like, Zack and other soldiers of uh, First Class who were wandering around Shinra. So having people walking around with, like, a giant sword, maybe not that unusual? But none of the it's soldiers good. have a gun on their arm. Maybe it's a new How's Turk. Yeah. Okay, okay, think about it this way, think about it this way. <laughs> who is this random man that has a machine gun for an arm? I don't know. Do you want to go ask him who he is and why he's here? More also, than a few. I do remember more than a few of the NPCs are like, this guy's weird. I'm just going to pretend I don't see anything. Also, he's following the guy with the giant sword that looks like he's normally in soldier. So it could be that the guy has caught it, has brought him in. Or, that it's, or it's just someone he's working with. Yeah. They've hired this guy because he's got some special skills. Fair eyes and. Casual Fridays? Now nah, we do cosplay Friday here at Shinra. <laughs> you just happened to do your infiltration on cosplay Friday. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that feels like a gimme almost. <laughs> Holy All right, crap. Hang next on. song. The boss fight theme. Uh. Definitely an upbeat, uh, yeah, fighting theme now, here. Yeah. I do love the naming on the Japanese one because the original battle theme is Tatakau Monotachi, which is, I believe, those who fight. And yep. then it is Sarani Tatakachu Monotachi, those who fight further. Yes. This is to go even further beyond. <laughs> are, they, are they going plus ultra? <laughs> And we have the bit where after the initial things it's getting into, okay, you're a few turns in, special mechanics are starting to come out, you're starting to try to pull off fancy things. Yep. Yep. But there's just so many levels in here, you've got that... But then you got the... Well, even the music is kind of turn-based because you, it, it does sound like there's like, okay, this beat is you, and then it goes over to the boss beat, yep. which is a bit louder and more fast-paced, and it goes back to you. Yeah, mm -hmm. there is a kind of back-and-forth dynamic yep. to it. I can imagine, like, this bit being where you attack, and then this beat being their counterattack, yeah. and you dodge, and... Yeah. Building up to a... Huh. <sighs> Good stuff. All right. But it basically repeats on after this. Yeah. It's, it's a battle that. theme. Yeah. It's going to yeah. keep going for a while. But yeah. then we it's meet some of that, like, guitar, hard rock guitar in there. Now, this is a very different theme. Yeah. We've just been introduced to a lab specimen who starts talking at us. Who Hojo tried to mate with Aerith. I don't think he really wanted to. Oh, Hojo did, yeah. Yeah. What the hell, Hojo? <laughs> it turns I don't out think Red wanted to. <laughs> it turns out that question, what the hell, Hojo, forms most of the backstory of FF7. <laughs> yeah. 
But yes, this is Red 13's theme. Yeah, there's almost kind of a, in this thing where you've again had a lot of that cyberpunk uh, type uh, techno setting, you've got a bit of like shades of like Native American and like natural connection kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where you can kind of hear the sh- where he's been impressed by Shinra, where he's been caught and kept there and tested, but there's like this little hope that he still has to go back. Yeah. You can still hear his, you know. Yeah, so no matter how much he's been kept there, he's still, he's still got hope that he's going to get back home. Yeah. And we'll hear a bit more of this when we actually get to the theme for his hometown. Yep. It's still a, a nice theme. Yeah. He remembers it. Yes. Then we have this one. If you've got the, uh, the SDS Fenrir, you recognize this theme. I just started involuntarily bouncing in my chair to the beat. Me too! <laughs> Swipe to the left! Swipe to the right! Alright, push him up against the wall! Oh god, they're on the truck! They're on the truck! Yeah, some uh, people I knew in college had nicknames for all the different Final Fantasies, and FF7 was referred to as FF Minigame, just for the uh, sheer number of minigames throughout it. There, there are, are so a lot. Good ones. Yeah. Like the mug that wanted to have a family. Yeah. Well, he wanted to fly so he could have a family. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you're right there. But you didn't help him get... You just helped him fly, and then he took care of the rest. Yeah. Well, it'd be weird if you were helping him do that. A little bit, yeah. That's for, like, the Gold Saucers adults-only section. <laughs> That's for Don Canero's special version. Oh, no. So anyways, <laughs> yes, this is The Chase, or the Japanese literally is Crazy Motorcycle. Uh. And, 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 and it's actually Kureji Motosekuru. Okay, yes. <laughs> I just love that. That's what it's... What, what, how uh, it's... Katakana. Right? It's my favorite part of the game. Kureji Motosekuru? Kureji Motosekuru. And the fact that they did it as that Katakana name, that they wanted it... Like, they were definitely going for a feel with that. Like, what's the dumbest thing we can call this? How do we make it stupider? <laughs> Sweet. Let's do it. It's still, I spent I, a lot of time replaying this at the Gold Saucer. I, like I said, in, in 14, I will sometimes turn on mount music, get on the Fenrir, and just ride around with this. Oh, man. Clearly, they need a mount action to let you swing your weapon to the left or the right when you're on the Fenrir. As a Dark Knight, yes. Uh, As a, any class. Yeah. And then I get, <laughs> and then I change the culinarian and never get off that motorcycle. Oh god! <laughs> uh, not gonna lie, if you mission. revved up, if you revved up a bike and like drove up to somebody and smacked him in the back of the head with a skillet, I would pay to watch that. That'd be amazing. And I do it with a fishing rod instead. You'd break it in mm-hmm. half. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's just like high-speed troll fishing. Where's yeah, Bannon? Like, I bet he I bet he could come up with a, uh, a fishing rod that we could use. Like actual trolling, like the kind that the internet type was named for. 
We'll go ask Gerald. He'll he'll make us a magic relic fishing rod that is alive and be fine. But he'll make. And you then next 400. expansion, when we stop using it, we can just uh, get a minion out of it. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna make you catch 400 carp though before you can get it. Is that he all? wants to catch 800 carp and make a million gill. <laughs> all right. Just saying. Final song of of disc one. Disc one basically takes us all the way through Midgar, and at this point, we are leaving. This is called Dear to the Heart. It plays on multiple occasions, again, most notably when the party first leaves Midgar, as well as some towns, and during some cutscenes involving the entire party. You've got other leap motifs that are going to show up in other themes later on here as well. Mm -hmm. But this is a more happy, reminiscent kind of theme. A little bit lighter. especially compared to the music we've had previous. Uh. As Patrick Man X in the chat is reminding everybody, stay hydrated. <laughs> oh, that was a nice little jaunt through memory lane, wasn't it? So yeah, somebody that doesn't like Seven, I still freaking love the crap out of the soundtrack, and that was, it was fun with the three of you going through the songs and remembering scenes from seven, remembering scenes from the remake, remembering what the game actually was and what our imagination brought it to. Mm -hmm. That's why I like going through these so we can get, bring back those feelings. Not so we can try and shill and, and whore out a whole bunch of money, you know, to Square Enix music and, and, uh, and that, but Though, if you do enjoy the music, I do strongly recommend going out and buying it. It is good. It is worth it. There is so much of it. As I am learning. I mean, three <laughs> discs for FF7. Four. Was it four? I thought there, it was four for eight. There's four for eight as well, but there are four for seven. There's, there's three discs for the game, but four discs okay. for the soundtrack. Yeah, I was thinking just in terms of like the discs for the game. Nope, in this case, we're, we're talking music, it was four discs. Yeah. There were three I discs don't have any for discs. six. So I've got mine in my hand right now, but mine's in English. and I've got the, I've got a duo pack with got the English and Japanese audio. Mm-hmm. I've kept it sealed, though. I'm not, I've never opened this. This is really important to me. I, yeah. I picked it up used, and I got it specifically so I could uh, get the track so we could listen to them. So, 
I bought this uh, uh, convention years ago. It was my first ever convention I went to, and they had this for sale. I'm like, well, that's a sign. So I bought it and kept it sealed. Okay. Man, they could have made a perfectly good game just in Midgar. They did. Yeah. Definitely Final going. <laughs> they did. It's called the FF7 remake. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. But just in terms of like, it's a place like with a lot of character where there's a lot going on, where you're setting up this big conflict. Definitely the other locations that we go to fill out the world a bit, let us uh, explore some other set pieces. But there's a lot going on there. And the fact that all of that stuff is the entire first disc, that's Mm -hmm. a lot happening. Yeah. And and, and, in the actual original game, it's not that long of a section. Ten hours? It felt so much longer. It did. It absolutely did. I mean, what I remember from playing Final Fantasy VII Remake is more what I thought I remembered playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time. Yeah, I've definitely mentioned that a bit before, how there's the, like, this this is what my memories of it are. That's when you know they they remade a game well. Yeah. When they can do that. They did. They absolutely did. I mean, the fact that it's... And then I caught some feels. And then they, 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 they do make a pill for that, you know. Oh, right. It's about that time. Oh, very nice of you to uh, gift a subscription to um, the real hot chili pepper there, Lord Ario. Oh, thank you for the gift sub. Thank you. For, thank you so much for doing that. We appreciate that. Do a little sub hype here. We find the right button. Where are you, button? There you are. Sub hype. Thank you for the sub. Huh. And we've got a couple notes here about the soundtrack oh, and yes. the music. I wanted to uh, talk about this because back when I first ended up buying the Final Fantasy V soundtrack this summer, um, when I went to go pick it up from the, the, the seller, he'd asked me the question, why is the PlayStation version of the music so much better than the PC port? We and alluded to that a little bit earlier, but I yes. didn't know that there was like a specific reason for it. There absolutely is. I mean, because initially they... Mid, um, MP3s were a thing. They were very early back then, but they were a thing, and they could have easily just made MP3s of the uh, uh, the PlayStation versions. But what they decided to do instead, um, with the PS or the PC port of Final Fantasy VII, they decided to use uh, the PC's MIDI playback system instead. So it's it's a different actual physical audio that that's creating the sound for final fantasy 7 pc version um so but depending on how you set it up because pcs have so many different components that they could have in them um i was gonna say one of the things that probably main probably affects it much more than anything is the fact that back then not every pc had a dedicated sound card inside it or a very good one they would have had they would have had to made it a midi because it it was a it would have guaranteed more devices would have been able to play it rather than make it an MP3 like because they knew the PlayStation One had the you know it had the support for MP3 so it, they could focus on actually having it while on PC you you, you weren't even sure if people had support for it so there were so many they had, they had, done, a, it, they had to do they had it done it a couple of years later then there would have been much more yeah. MP3 support on PCs but what that's they, life I guess they, they had to go with what was yeah. going to be the most widely supported. However, on the PC version, there were actually drivers for um, the Yamaha XG sound synth, soft synth, 
um, which is uh, will in- improve the quality of the uh, the MIDI audio that you get on the PC version. Mm. And so again, you could actually have the PC version start approaching the PlayStation version if you had a sound card and put a little bit of that extra work into yeah. it. But if you use the standard one yeah. that came with Windows 95, it would have been at that time, maybe oh, 98. God, was it that? Uh, I, I want to <laughs> say 98 may have just... Was it about a year after that this came out from the, the PlayStation? Because this was 97 on, on PlayStation, so it would have been 98. I, yeah, I think it was like a year later. I want to say I played this on a Windows 98 computer, yes. I was going to say like late Windows 98. like Early, oh, no, say, when, early, early Windows 98. Because it was no, actually... XP, mm, actual was it 98. Be Vista? No, it was actual 98. Uh, I remember because I was I, when I when I got this game I was working overnights at HTI and that would are. have been ninety eight and ninety nine. Uh, the Windows release was June twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. And Windows ninety eight came out in August, I think. Uh, the Japanese Windows release was in two thousand thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds right. <laughs> It sounds like the dates when we used to get them in the UK. There you go. Yeah. So that's what we were able to dig in on that. So if uh, if you're out there, um, I forgot the guy's name. I apologize. Um, person who sold me Final Fantasy V. Um, that's why. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry. It's the same day. Uh, I'm looking online and June 25th, 1998 is the general consensus release of Windows 98. Okay, so it came out the same day of Windows 98, huh? Um, yeah. it was a launch title. <laughs> it started manufactured in May, but the the average, like... The, the, the actual, um... Yeah. Re- the release date. Yeah, the it, official it was, release is... August was 95. Yeah. And then, the official hilarious. release was the same day. Yep. And then, uh, so Fantasy Seven was your, your launch title for your Windows ninety eight. I want to say yeah. Then I got, I got that uh, computer probably uh, late ninety eight, early ninety nine. So yeah, that's that 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 checks out. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's so, so magical. I mean, that's actually that is how I played Final Fantasy Seven was on PC. Uh, I played it on PS one. See, I never had a PlayStation. PCs were so expensive here that we couldn't afford it. Oh, yeah. I paid $2,000 for that PC. Yeah. But I was working full-time, and I was, you know, I wanted a new computer, so I, I bought it. I so $2,000 in 1998 dollars was a lot. Yeah. But I was okay. also living at home. Um, I was m- making pretty good money. Fair. Didn't have much for bills, uh, so yeah, it didn't take me very long to get uh, that PC saved up and paid two, for. Two thousand dollars in nineteen ninety eight would be about thirty two hundred dollars now. That's going to be like a PC with a twenty nine or like some thirty nineties in it. <laughs> that was wait, ninety nine seven was twenty two years ago, right? Yeah, no, twenty three. Twenty three. Yep. Final Fantasy was seven. Ten. Final Fantasy seven was <laughs> is twenty three years old. Oh my yeah, I god, I can almost car. rent a car. How old is it? 23? 23. You, you generally have to be, be rent a car here. Yeah. You generally have to be 25 in the US. 
Some weird oh, insurance well. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the that weird is- thing here where you can buy alcohol to hit technically at 18, but they actually question you if you look under 30. Right. Now the question is: Is it going to rent that little three-wheeled truck that uh, with the in, from the motorcycle chase? Yes, clearly. I'm so happy that was in the remake. And Aerith riding in the back. So yeah, we have. I'm so happy they keep that. Next week we are going to go through disc two, and then we'll probably get back on our normal every two weeks. So I'm thinking about this. Do we want to go? Do we want to wait two weeks? Sorry, a little I bit have of no uh, bloody idea little, right now. A little on the air, um, doesn't matter. The reason I'm asking is in three weeks is Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Thanksgiving's okay. gonna be a little weird this year, but yeah. So I'm thinking if we maybe just do every two weeks for a couple weeks and then get back uh, into regular. Uh, keep an eye on the, uh, the Phoenix Town Radio website. We're going to figure out what we'll we're doing. We'll let you guys know. But I, I want to at least get it mentioned. So Yeah. Yeah. We may have some slight schedule shifts for the holidays. We'll keep you posted. Exactly. This time of year always kind of screws things up. So Most wonderful time. So anything it's else you guys want to talk about? Like bullshit. Um, beginning. <laughs> um other non-Final Fantasy stuff, so, like, no big deal here, but I'm happy to be back on the show after being gone for a stupid amount of time. I mean, I've been gone for a stupid amount of time as well, so... It's, it's true! stupid amount gone episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the fact that we, we missed a week is kind of a stupid amount of time. Yeah, but, like, that was also just... Halloween is weird, y'all. This yeah. time of year is weird. This year, this year is weird. So, we we appreciate you guys sticking with us. Um, all twelve of you watching right now on Twitch.tv/PhoenixTownRadio, we really do appreciate you joining us live, and we hope you guys can uh, continue to join us. If you're listening out on the podcast, we urge you to come check us out sometime live. We do this generally every other Saturday night at uh, 9:30 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 6:30 p.m. Pacific. Um, you can always go to, um, you know, the, the date and time of the next podcast is generally listed um, right below the stream. So you'll be able to find out when and where we go live. Um, but I guess that's going to do it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please. Make da, 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 da. <sighs> that's why we don't have you on anymore, Chili. <laughs> if you like what you heard, please consider subscribing on... Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are on um, Spotify. We're on Amazon Music now. We're whatever podcast service you listen to, we're probably there. And if possible, give us a rating and review. It really helps people to find our podcasts as well as let us know what you guys think. Uh, if you really dig the show, you can consider subscribing here at twitch.tv. Did I say switch or twitch? You said switch. Okay. You said switch. And I get two different answers there. So uh, consider <laughs> subscribing here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio um, where you'll get access to a number of uh, um, subscriber-only uh, badges and emotes. And uh, it helps to uh, helps us as well. Or you could go out to patreon.com 
slash Phoenix Star Radio, like our benevolent overlord, Rory Fenrir, and support us that way as well. All proceeds go towards growing the show, cover hosting costs, let's do some giveaways, and just have some fun with you guys, all right? Get, let's me get we just finished our own giveaway. <laughs> we, like I said, we just finished ours too, so... Um, but it helps us to get cams for uh, Talas and uh, Sarah, even though we didn't use them this week because somebody <clears throat> didn't want to be on camera. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to be on camera. <laughs> he, he can't fall from that much. Yeah, he he doesn't want to break his camera that he just got. Just kidding. Hey, hey don't be mean. <laughs> I'm teasing him because he's that's what he's thinking. He teases himself that way too, and I have to tell him not to do that too. Well, that's why I'm doing it for him so he doesn't have to. No, positive vibes. <laughs> he, he knows I love him. I actually wanted him to be on camera because I miss that little face. Next fan fest, maybe. What, Yay. so 2047? So Yay. 2077, oh. the same year as Cyberpunk. <laughs> the same, same oh, year as no. Cyberpunk is released. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's do those kinds of fun things. But any kind of support... Whether it's emails, likes, tweets, and retweets, follows, subs, or donations, they're always greatly appreciated because we just love interacting with you guys. If you want to find the entire backlog of our podcasts, you can go out to our website, phoenixtownradio.com. If you have questions, want to uh, ask us, you know, or suggest something for the show, you can email us, podcast at phoenixtownradio.com. And if you want to interact with us on Twitter, we are at phxdnradio. Um, so... Chili, since you are a guest, if you have any shout-outs. Um, Slow down. Yes, we want to be able to understand <laughs> them. Thank you, sir. Fine. I would like to um, shout-out to Shields at Tank and Maelstrom Radio. We're actually doing a collab stream with Maelstrom Radio on every second Sunday and every Wednesday where I am playing through Borderlands 2 with them. Um, I'd like to shout-out to everyone that's here, Klaus, Ta uh, Talus, and Sarah. Thank you so much. It's always good to be on. It's always good to chat with you. It's been way too long. Um, I'd also like to shout out to my own Twitch channel, Moogle Go Around Radio, where um, we just had an episode with um, a speed, a Fantasy fourteen speedrunner called Dragon Kick, um, where we celebrated reaching five hundred followers over on that channel. So we've had a good year. We started the year at two hundred. We're we just hit five hundred. So it's been a been a rough year. Big shout out to, of course, everyone, everyone that's been a guest on this year as well. So, and how can people find you? I can contact me at mg underscore chili on Twitter. Very nice, Sarah. Oh, I want to give a shout out to Sleep. I miss you, baby. I'm coming home. <laughs> He's lying. He's not doing it. I'm working on it. We're seeing a counselor. It's going slowly, but I'm committed. <laughs> It's been a lot. Shout out to everyone who's doing their best to not let everything overwhelm them. You're doing enough, and I love you, and I care about you. And we can, like, all meet up and hug and ugly cry at some point. Well, that got darker than I expected it to. Yeah, I got your bed. You okay? I'm tired. <laughs> We're, we're almost done. Yeah. But shout out to the folks who come here and listen to us talk about the games we love. Uh, we do it either way, but it's nicer to have people who want to hear us. So 
love having you here. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF14SER. That's F-F-X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R, where I every so often post pictures of random food that I made or stuff that I found working at the library. Awesome. Uh, also on our Discord, which I tend to have open most of the day, especially working from home and where I am always up for a distracting conversation. Dallas? All right, so shout outs to Klaus for mailing me awesome stickers uh, <laughs> because they are super cool and I was able to trade those stickers for a car. Uh, yes, really. And shout outs to my CFO and my web designer and my fundraising manager and all of the awesome people that I have had the incredible opportunity to hire over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you guys have made everything way, way, way easier on me. So bless and thank all of you. Uh, shout outs to Alex and Alan from Coupocon. Uh, Palm Line 3 was this morning and was absolutely fantastic. Um, thank you for making the Final Fantasy community come together in this time of absolute chaos. And we had a great time. So thank you both for that. And, and how can they find you? Uh, they can't because social media is an absolute trash fire that I tend to avoid at all costs. Uh, but if you really, really, really want to, you can find me on Instagram at Marvelous Tofu, where I post something every couple of months to remember how to use the app. Uh, but you can also DM me there, which is helpful. Or if you really, really, really want to get a hold of me, you can actually find me on the Discord for Phoenix Down Radio, or you can email us at podcasts at phoenixdownradio.com, and maybe Klaus will forward me the email at some point. <laughs> maybe. Oh. Yeah, because I still have to create Talas at uh, phoenixstarradio.com, don't I? At some point. We can get that to forward to you as well. Sweet. And I want to shout out Chili for joining us. Thank you so much. We do really do appreciate that. Shout out to uh, Talas and Sarah. Thank you so much for your understanding on our on having to postpone. What's well, a schedule? Right? It's a thing other people have. Ooh, that sounds awful. Yeah. And I want to give special shout outs to uh, Master Shake, Aurori, Kupo Mithril, Nick Nar, and Lord Ario for donating today to our Extra Life campaign. I that I really appreciate. The kids really appreciate that. We are doing amazing right now. We are currently at $595 of our $1,000 goal. Nice. Moving along. We are, we are climbing higher and higher. Um, we are going to be con continuing to, uh, uh, take donations through the end of the year, but we still have a little over, ten, uh, nine and a half, about nine hours and 20 minutes left to go or so. If, if my, uh, my time looks right, we're at 14 hours and 38 ish minutes, according to the clock, 3740. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to Keep on uh, raising funds. We want to hit that $1,000 goal. Um, we got stretch goals, of course. If we hit $1,500, I will do some really embarrassing things on stream by, by, with uh, Final Fantasy X-2 stuff. Sarah wants you all to donate. Do it. <laughs> it's actually a really solid game. No, it is a not. good game. No, it's not. Yeah, it really is. No, it isn't. It's horrible. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, 
we can have this argument another time. I, I would rather yeah. play Type Zero. Oh, we I should can't play, play Type Zero. I don't like either That's one. That's the of one them. that taught me to fear summoners. <laughs> and if you want to uh, um, follow me on uh, social media, I am at uh, phxdn underscore klauss. Um, Otherwise, uh, for my co-hosts, Ser Timono, for Talos Marvelous, for our guest, the incomparable Chili, I'm Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. I want to thank you all for joining us live today, and we will catch you on the next one. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of phoenixdownradio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open the music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Choke War theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by Guitar Wanker 90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash Guitar Wanker 90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.